Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Sermons Podcast. I'm Stuart Cutler and I'm the minister at St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse in Scotland. St Ninian's is a local ecumenical partnership between the United Reformed Church and the Church of Scotland and that means that we reflect the traditions of both denominations in our work and worship. This week in our worship we focused on John 3 verses 16 and 17 and 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 to 21. So let's hear those passages and then hear the sermon. John 3, 16 and 17. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not die but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to be its judge, but to be its saviour. And at 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, let us love one another, because love comes from God. Whoever loves is a child of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. And God showed his love for us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. This is what love is. It is not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. Dear friends, if this is how God loved us, then we should love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in union with us. And his love is made perfect in us. We are sure that we live in union with God and that he lives in union with us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and tell others that the Father sent the Son to be the saviour of the world. If we declare that Jesus is the Son of God, we live in union with God and God lives in union with us. And we ourselves know and believe the love which God has for us. God is love. And those who live in love live in union with God and God lives in union with them. Love is made perfect in us in order that we may have courage on the judgment day. And we will have it because our life in this world is the same as Christ's. There's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out all fear. So then, love has not been made perfect in anyone who is afraid. Because fear has to do with punishment. We love because God loved us. If we say we love God but hate others, we are liars. For we cannot love God whom we have not seen if we do not love others whom we have seen. The command that Christ has given us is this. Whoever loves God must also love others. So today we come to the final of our four types of love, agape, the love God has for humankind. And the reading to help us understand this amazing love is perhaps the most famous passage of all, John 3, 16. It's said to be the gospel in a sentence, the summary that people quote, that they print on signs and put on t-shirts and 
lots of other things. John 3.16. I bet you know it. Probably from the authorised version. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not die, but have eternal life. Simple really, isn't it? It's the gospel. That's it. That's all there is. Right, we'll sing the next hymn. <laughs> it's twice I've done that, isn't it? Except it's not simple at all, is it? And why on earth should it be? If you're going to sum up the whole gospel in a single sentence, of course it's not simple. Because we've discovered again and again and again that the gospel isn't really very straightforward at all. And that's especially true of the fourth gospel, the gospel of John. So let's have a closer look at this wee sentence and see what it tells us about God. For God loved the world. It's a good start, isn't it? For God loved the world. Because God loved the world so much. I wonder how often we forget that. I wonder how often we get tied up in our own little worlds with our own little concerns and our own views and imagine that God has exactly the same view of things as we have. And when we do that, we create a lesser God. A God who is meager and small. Anne Lamont, the American theologian, writes, You know you've created God in your own image when God hates the same people you do. Because it turns out that God loves the world. All of it. That's the starting point. That's God's motivation. That's the first thing. In fact, it's the only thing on God's mind. That God loves the world. And that love leads to action. I was listening to Gregory Boyle speak the other day. Greg is a Jesuit priest. His parish is South Central LA. When he arrived in his parish, the local police said he'd be lucky to be alive in a fortnight. South Central LA is home to some of the most violent gangs in America. It's full of drug use and prostitution and murder is a daily part of life. Greg has been there for 33 years. I've heard him speak before, mostly about what he does there and how he lived longer than a fortnight. He began by simply walking the streets. And when he encountered people on the street, he asked them their name. And people were astonished because nobody had ever done that before. Nobody had ever been interested enough to stop and ask people, what's your name? How are you? People put their head down and hurried by. And then he realised there was nothing for people to do. So he did what we would all do. He set up a bakery. He had a pal that had a baker's. And it was going out of business. And so they took over the bakery and they started Homeboy Bakeries. And he gave training and jobs to people who wanted to leave the gangs. 
And pretty soon he realised he was going to have to set up another business next door called Homeboy Tattoo Removal. And that took all the gang tattoos off people because they just fought when they came to work because they were in opposing gangs. And soon the bakery wasn't enough because there were so many people who were leaving the gangs and wanted to get involved. And so they set up Homeboy Clothing. And all that happened because of how Greg understands this sentence in John's Gospel. Because God loved the world so much, he joined us here. He came to be with us. He sent Jesus, his only son, to be here with us. And we're supposed to look at Jesus and follow his lead and his example. Except when we actually do that, we're absolutely terrified. In the same way that Greg must have been on his first day in his new job. We back away and we try to hide in our own small corner because to go where Jesus went and to stand with the people Jesus stands with, well, that's all a bit much. Greg says that what we so often do is we read that God has loved us and we place ourselves in God's place and think, well, if you love me, then what you expect is for for me to love you back. That God stands and demands our adoration. I love you, love me back. But that's not at all what God says. God says, I love you. And therefore you must have a preferential love for the widow, the outcast and the stranger. And there's a reason for that. Because the widow, the outcast and the stranger know a thing or two about how it feels to love and to have love taken away. To be separated from those who have or may have loved you. The very people that we shy away from are the people that God thinks are trustworthy guides to lead us into agape and to the love that God has for us. Because God's love is spacious and expansive, whereas our instinct is to circle the wagons, God's instinct is to widen the circle. When we see Jesus, we see a love that is full of inclusion, of non-violence, of unconditional loving kindness and compassionate acceptance. Those are the marks of agape. And it turns out the gospel is not summed up in one sentence, it's summed up in two. The Buddhists begin many of their meditations with a wonderful reminder. O nobly born Remember who you truly are. O nobly born, remember who you truly are. And I think that's a beautiful reminder of John 3, 16 and 17. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not die but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to be its judge but to be its saviour. 
Mother Teresa thought that we have forgotten that we belong to one another. That we are indeed our brother and sister's keeper. That we are not separate. No matter how much we want to be. No matter how much we might wish we were. We're all connected. Until everyone belongs to us. We'll always make those who are difficult or problematic other. The passage we read from 1 John reminds us this. Making people other always allows us to say that we are different. I'm not like that. Those people have less value than we do. They are to blame and it's not our fault. Oh, they're unlucky, but they played a part in their own misfortune. It was nothing to do with me. And yet we know that that's a lie. We know that we are completely connected to each other, despite the ways that we try to create distance between ourselves. We're connected to the people who sleep on the streets, who struggle with addiction and poverty and ill health. We're connected to the people who live in parts of our own village that we'd perhaps rather not visit. And we're connected to all those people that we don't like. In South Central LA, Greg Boyle practiced what Jesus practiced. He stood in those uncomfortable places with those people that we find uncomfortable. And he did it because Jesus tells us to do it. Go and be with the poor. Go and be with the widow and the stranger and the outcast. And when you stand there, just be with them. Don't try to change them or fix them. Because you're there to learn from them. And they have much to teach. All the things that we think are problems in themselves are mostly about something else. Violence and pain and grief and anger and aggression and addiction are almost always about a lack of love. We talk glibly about being a church family. And it's good that we do. People feel welcome here, mostly. But our goal isn't simply to make people who walk in one Sunday feel welcome. That they have a nice time and then they go away again and go back to their normal lives. They go back to all their problems and hopes and fears. And Our goal is kinship. To create a place where we actually belong to one another. A place where everything is connected through tenderness. If creating a community of kinship is our goal, we would no longer wonder who was responsible. We would be responsible. If we were creating a community of kinship, our goal would no longer be to promote justice, it would be to celebrate justice. If creating a goal of kinship was our goal, 
We'd no longer collect for charity. We'd live charitably so that those in need would be immediately known to us and that we would do our best to meet their needs. And he's told Greg said a sentence that just completely stuck in my head. Only the soul that ventilates the world with tenderness has any chance of healing and changing the world. Only the soul that ventilates the world with tenderness has any chance of healing and changing the world. And that's how Jesus lived. That's what agape is. That's what love is. It's not that we've been loved by God, that we have loved God, it's that he loved us. He sent his son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. All of us. And all of them. The author of John's letter puts it this way. Dear friends, if this is how God loved us, then we should love one another. No one's ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in union with us and his love is made perfect in us. We're sure that we live in union with God and that he lives in union with us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and tell others that the father sent his son to be the saviour of the world. So if we declare that Jesus is the Son of God, we live in union with God and God lives in union with us. And we ourselves know and believe the love which God has for us. God is love. And those who live in love live in union with God. And God lives in union with them. Love is made perfect in us in order that we may have courage on the judgment day and we will have it because our life in this world is the same as Christ's. There's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out all fear. So then love has not been made perfect in anyone who's afraid because fear has to do with punishment. We love because God first loved us. If we say we love God but hate others, we're liars. For we cannot love God whom we have not seen if we do not love others whom we have seen. The command that Christ has given us is this. Whoever loves God must also love others. Love a generosity of grace, a plethora of compassion, a self-giving love. Love, permission to be ourselves, an invitation to live freely, the possibility of fullness of life. Love, a way to live towards each other, a way to give in the name of each other, a way to travel throughout all of life and through love may we be real 
Through love, may we be truthful. Through love, may we be learners and forgivers. May we be compassionate. Because love takes flesh and lives in this world. Love is the word that speaks to power. Love is the word that comes to life in Jesus Christ. The one we follow. The one we love because he loved us first. So we go and live out that love each moment of each day in each encounter that we make. For God loves us and calls us to do so. Amen. Thanks for listening. We create our podcast using anchor.fm where you can leave us a voice message. You can also find us on Facebook at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse and on Twitter at St Ninian's Stonehouse where you can find out all about the other great things that go on in our church and in our community. If you're in the neighbourhood and want to join us in person, we meet for worship every Sunday at 11am. We'd love to see you.